The Business on RT Radio 1 with AIB. We know that your focus is on your business. That's why ours is on supporting you. And finally this morning, uh, earlier this week, we celebrated Samhain, the time of year that is all about ushering in the darker, colder nights, which traditionally encouraged people to gather around and exchange stories about ghosts and folklore. The Shanaki, who was central to the storytelling tradition, was once considered to have one of the most important jobs in Ireland. She from Mulqueen has been meeting some of the people keeping that tradition alive. There was an old saying in Irish, is come a new muck fargan scale. A man without a story is of no more account than a pig. Tell tales in the crack in the wall, the man is a shanaki. Tell tales upon the crack in the wall, the man is a shanaki. Eddie Lenehan is one of Ireland's last remaining shanakis. Collecting folklore is always a race against time. And I'm always to see meeting the old people because once they're gone, that's it. I regard the stories I tell as the epitaphs of all those wonderful people that I knew. And as long as I'm able to tell those stories, those people aren't dead. This house here is full of recordings, thousands of hours of recordings. The business of storytelling, is it a lucrative business? Collecting stories being lucrative? (laughs) It costs a fortune. The only reason I do it is because I'm interested in it and people I meet are mostly amazing people. People who are only delighted to sit down and find that there is somebody interested enough to listen to them. Fairies often feature in the stories that Eddie hears. I've heard stories about her fairy holding matches in many places and you did not interrupt such a thing. And people passing by a fort at night, they would hear music in a fort was a common thing. If you were invited in to play, you didn't refuse. You never refused the fairies because one thing was they always need a human being to do their business properly. And if you were the person they invited, go. If you go, you'll be rewarded. If you don't go, big trouble for you. Storytelling. You have to be able to make as many twists and turns. I always try to tell the grim and gruesome stories. A couple of nights ago, I was telling the story about the leprechaun, and the leprechaun was running, running, running. There was a six-year-old there, and his finger in his mouth. I hadn't seen that child at all. I was too busy with the leprechaun running. I was the leprechaun there running. You are the person in the story at the time. If there's music involved, all the better, because the music can bring you places that the spoken word doesn't always. Actor and storyteller, Nuala Hayes. You can bang a harp, you know, to make wooden sounds. The strings of the harp are close to the heart strings, and the harp kind of responds to feelings in a way. Even though it is a kind of a sacred tune which came from the Blasket Islands, it can work in all sorts of different ways. And it was said to be the sound of the fairies, you know, coming over the sea. In the Midlands, I found people were a little bit more reticent about the stories of, you know, the ghosts and the spirits as if they came from under the ground. A woman called Jenny Midlin. She lived in Mount Melick, but she was the only woman I ever met who had actually seen a banshee. She heard something outside the house. She opened the door and she looked out and it was as if something had flashed past her eyes. And of course she was terrified and she slammed the door again. 
and I asked her what she looked like and she said she was small with something white over her head and nothing inside her eyes. I'm often drawn at this time of year, the time of sow, when the darkness comes closer to us. People gather around fires. We whisper stories of comfort. We whisper stories of fear. We whisper stories of whimsy and of mystery and of magic and of terror. And we tell our gossip. Writer and storyteller Onda Bardoon talks about the role folklore plays in the travelling community. One of the main differences from the wider community and Carry the Traveller community is that we're in our tales. So when we think of uh, certain versions, the very famous Children of Lear and, you know, and the cursing of the children in the form of swans. But at the very end, one of the stories is that St. Patrick comes out with a big bell and he rings the bell and the curse is lifted. In our version, we were the makers of the bell. We were the travellers of the people who made the bell. So there's a connection of, oh, that's where we were involved in that story. It's woven in and it's stitched into the tales. But because of nomadic people move, there's more, our stories are more about characters. We have the Clicksy Clack Man, which is really interesting. So Clicksy Clack Man is, is someone that follows people at night walking behind them. Sometimes even when you're walking down a dark road, you'll hear the click of the clack behind them. The more you ignore, the louder it becomes, the more closer it becomes. You're supposed to turn around and walk straight towards where the sound is. Because we can't run from ourselves, we can't run from our, our own fears. We're facing the problem. All Pishogs, you could say, are indirectly related to business because they were intended to break you. At a time in Ireland when there wasn't so much money in circulation, small farmers especially were dependent on their butter. The person working the Pishogs would try to take the quality of your cream, impoverish you that way. People living close together, there must have been a terrible amount of petty jealousies. Somebody would creep into your garden and leave something like eggs in hay. Your crop then will rot. Your cattle will starve to take away your profit. I did hear of people going out to catch the dew on a person's land to take that look for the rest of the year. Pishogs are still used in business deals today. Very few travellers will buy coats on a Friday. Of all the days of the week, that is the day that has the least likely outcomes of good prosperity and good sharing. And when people would buy something of great expense, such as a car, you'd expect something in it as a trade. My father, especially if he bought a new lark, as we call it, or the word for car, if there wasn't a trade back immediately, a fiver for good luck and thank you for your custom, thank you for your time, he wouldn't buy the car. You think that already the car has set him in a line towards poverty because he didn't get an immediate gain. There's a responsibility to throw money into the car to bring luck. Even as much as a, as a penny, everybody in the family would throw something in to say, like, genuinely wishing you the luck and here's an act that shows you that. But also, you're not just spending a lot of money. <laughs> you know, like, you might need it. But do they believe their own stories? People say to me, do you believe in the fairies? I do. The Irish fairies are like ourselves. They can take human shape or animal shape at their will. They're shapeshifters. That's frightening because the person sitting beside you could be one of them. And just on that, my own name, Shifra. <laughs> well now, you know what a Shifra was. A kind of a changeling, yes. Shouldn't be great. Shouldn't <laughs> be great. When I remember in Kerry, when I was young, if somebody called you an old Shifra, she or he didn't mean it in a positive way. Way old Shifra. I'll go home crying, Eddie. <laughs> Look it up so in Denise's dictionary and see for yourself. Shapeshifter Mulqueen reporting there. Shifra Mulqueen.